Clarita here, and I've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. If you want to release your music into the world, DistroKid's the easiest way to get your music into all the major streaming platforms, unlimited uploads, and keep 100% of your royalties. And because you're a Design Freaks listener, you get 30% off. Go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash Design Freaks. DistroKid. That's me. That's more like That's it. That's me. On your lap. Hi, I'm Clarita. Welcome to Design Freaks Podcast. Oh, Lord. Yes, keep it going. <laughs> it's chaotic today. Um, it's a crazy day. And welcome to Design Freaks, um, the family newsletter of podcasts. You Ooh. get them when you get them. <laughs> Don't bitch about it. No excuses. <laughs> what, you want it every month? Nah. We want it every week. We want it once every week. Perhaps if there wasn't a snowmageddon and if I didn't crack my knee in a really unsettling way, then... We're going to storm up. We're actually going to do a marathon here. We're going to be live YouTubing for 24 hours straight. Mm -hmm. We've got some great guests lined up. (laughs) Reggie from out in the parking lot, he's going to come in. He's going to do Mr. Bojangles' shuffle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a telethon, actually. Ooh. Like PTL back in the day. Okay. Sending money for Bibles. Praise the Lord Network. <laughs> Praise the Lord Network. Didn't they right. call it something else, too? PTL stood for, like, you know. I thought it was Praise the Lord. It is Praise the Lord. But it was also, they. I think they started to say it something that was, like, Put in your, you know, something about money, like put in the loonies or whatever, <laughs> whatever. Put in, put in the, what's the L word for money? Uh, loot? Loot. Okay. God <laughs> damn. Erase that. No, <laughs> definitely old. take that out. Okay. I will. <laughs> It'll just cut to me going loot? Put in the loot. That's what it was. Put in the loot. Put that loot in the basket, folks. That's right. Well, we're pro- we're kind of going to go into an outer space cult today. Can we uh, talk so about outer a little... space voices? Uh, let's use our outer space voices. Okay, guys? Okay, <laughs> what would that Clary- be like? Okay, the- Clarita. <laughs> the loudest voice of all time. Let's use our outer space voices. Our outer space. Okay, kids. Oh, I also started teaching a class, so... 
I have a full-time job. I'm teaching a class twice a week. Um, I, I agree to do every freelance project because I hate myself. And also this podcast, which is really fun. But that's why. How did your lesson plans go? Did you come up with some good uh, well, I yeah, I like the project. So I teach a design class to college soft art school college sophomores, and it's called Narrative Systems. And we pick a human rights or social activism cause, mm-hmm. and then use metaphor to make a really strong visual argument. It's so current right now. It's I mean, so, like it's so burning. that's what people that's what people want to see too. That's right. Is that a spaceship coming down, Clarita? I don't hear anything. Are we about to get funky? You can play with that too if you want. I um, want to no, play. That is the, what is um, this? The mini Moog, whatever. What is it called? Ooh. Pocket Moog. Uh, so today we're going to do a little mini ep, miniature episode. Um... We want to talk about, we want to talk about so many things, but we're going to talk about Pedro Bell. Pedro. Pedro? Pedro. Bell. And he was the designer for a lot of people, but is most uh, well known for the Funkadelic album covers and posters. He was basically an artist, um, but he worked a lot with typography and his art was used on a lot of the Funkadelic albums and a lot of other, right? And a lot of other funk albums. A lot of other funk albums. Um, I really recommend going to, uh, this actually isn't PedroBell.com. It's uh, LowdownMagazine.com slash features slash PedroBell. That's where this lives. And I'll put a link up mm-hmm. because this is glorious. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, aside I love- from the Comic Sans. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, sorry. It's, a, just... it's, okay. it's almost appropriate on this it, it, one. It For is. some reason, like, this is a situation where it doesn't bother me. This is the only time. This is the only time. Please what? don't make a restaurant and have that be the logo. Lord. Font. But also, wasn't he a comic artist? Yeah, he was, like, the originator of um, black comics. He's like the forefather of all black comics. So, what are some black comics? What is that? Like black, <laughs> black, um, not com- not comedians, but people who no, do comics, like, like black exploitation style. Black exploitation, totally but like drawn when, and, but yeah. drawn, and it was during the time like where our crumb was coming out with really overtly sexual things that describe political situations. He was looking at that and also. Wanting, hey, what's the African-American experience on this? And getting, you know, all into, you know, outer space and sexualizing images, you know, blatantly erotic stuff. Penis spaceships. There's kind of some sort of like, they look like Death Stars on either side of a phallus with a lady inside the phallus. Well, we'll post, I'll post the um, photo up. Uh, and I also love, love, love this um, Funkadelic record. What is the name of this one? It's the one that's right next to that on his web on the website called Uncle Jam Funk Army. 
Oh, Uncle Jam wants Uncle you. Uncle Jam wants you. I love it. He's yes. walking into a, what would you say, a space portal? It definitely looks like um, Star Wars space portal when you're going to warp. So when you're doing warp speed, this gotcha. is the image that you see. You know, I want Oxygon. to live in that world of funk music, outer space. How do I get there? Sign me up. I, you know what? I have always been fascinated Sun, Ra, with that. Like oh. all of it. Oh my gosh! When you know, also Mandrill. There was a remember Man- yes, Man- Mandrill. Yes, Man- I, I looked up that designer too and couldn't find it. <laughs> oh god, that was a that was a beautiful album cover that they had. Was maybe you know. The African-American um, woman and man, just all natural, and then a lion with them yes. as well in, in outer space. It was really touched on Beautiful. all these things. Like, I didn't grow – I was like, I didn't grow up like this. I want to know everything about this. No, it's so interesting to look at your – we were talking earlier about how looking through our parents' records and seeing, like, the maggot brain record and being like, what is happening? You're staring There's at more it. more to life. Or just unzipping, like, you know, the Rolling Stones, uh, Sticky Fingers. Right. Yeah, just just fixating on certain albums. Like, knowing, what? like, knowing, going to the drag in Austin when you're a kid and seeing your first gigantic mohawk and being like, what? I, I feel the same happening? way. Going up to Broadway and I saw the Nuns of Perpetual Indulgence. Uh, but I was like, Mom, we're at Group Health. I was like, eight. <laughs> and I was like, I... Want to come up here all the time? Yeah. This is amazing. That was like the parallel. And I don't know. It's just funny. It's like some people see that and it doesn't affect them at all. And they're like. Or they'd be scared. Some kids see that and they're like, I don't want to go to the city. Or they're like, let's go back to the suburbs now. I can't drive on the freeway. That's not. I mean, that's a real (laughs) thing, though. So I'm not. Sorry. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about. Uh, Yeah. Freeways are scary. Um, But yeah, it's just (laughs) weird that certain people are. The doors are opened by things that we see that we're exposed to. And for for some people, it's record covers that can just bust that door wide open. So I think I'm just going to read this first little purple section of the, <laughs> of the crazy website. And um, it looks like there's uh, fiery hot Cheetos dancing behind it. So it's a little hard to read, but... So Pedro Bell was also Nern. Ner- Nern? Here's your Nern. Scurdy As scurdy dirty. Sir Leb? I know. It's uh, a double L. So double L. Is it Sir Yib? Yib. Yib. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, is the artist largely responsible for the icon- iconic album art and liner notes of Funkadelic, among others? In fact, Bell penned much of the mythology and conceptual narrative that accompanied the Parliament Funkadelic Revolution, expanding upon the existing P-Funk ideologies and spinning his own. So this is totally parallel to Barney Bubbles, mm-hmm. but with Funkadelic instead of Hawkwind. Mm-hmm. So that's so You know cool. what they have in common? LSD. Tell me. Yeah. LSD? Yeah, I was going to do like a guess the drug round. Oh, I'm good at that one. What, what drugs do you think he was on? Definitely, I think we're doing. I think that Funkadelic was pot, acid, mushrooms. It's not. It's not George sh- Clinton. He was into some hard stuff. He but was, maybe later, but later, later, yeah. So yeah, so they um, his self-proclaimed cartoons are 
deft, satirical fun. <laughs> they sprawl across the covers and gatefold spreads. Um, so these are like his illustrations that are really colorful and detailed. And a delirium of 70s psychedelia filtered through the black urban experience. Bell humorously combines subversive political social consciousness and esoteric undercurrents with the blatantly erotic, galactic, and wonderfully oh. ridiculous. Don't you love the word galactic? I love that word. So much. There's joy to be had in living galactic. the funk life. This is what it says. It's so cute. Squares and frigid folk beware. Damn right. Mm. <laughs> frigid folk. Mm. That's mm. me. <laughs> but oh. I'm not going to beware. <laughs> so what, okay, so we just did like a lightning round upstairs after Megan came in and we kind of had a whirlwind Woo. of like yelling and researching. <laughs> it was, it was amazing. Yeah. So what did you find out about Mr. Bell? Oh my gosh. Well, I did think it was really interesting, you know, all of the connections with Ed Roth to, you know, doing all of the comic art and his just, and also, um, our crumb, just having basically the albums are just like his comic strips and they really just try to show an original black American experience and that you know this is like detroit so we're talking this is going on in detroit you know watt stacks was so and if you guys ever want to watch a great tell us movie you know rent watt stacks and watch it's this amazing um you know civil rights um black and um civil rights movement um festival that they put on in watt stacks and it has a staple singer, staple family singers. Um, it has Black Moses. It has every every awesome. every funk, every you know funkadelic, everybody that you want to see, soul and disco. Everybody that was big during that time, and you see what I noticed the most in this video is all the outfits. Oh my god! It was gold to die for. Just to die for. You just yeah. wanted to be there. I was just like, man. Yeah, amazing. It's almost frustrating. You're like, it's just God, like, where? Do would you rather go into the future or go back in time? You know, sometimes Both. I know you can only pick one. But it almost is like going into the future to go back to the '70s in a way. I go back to the future and then get all the scores for. Yeah. You know, remember that's what Biff did in Back to the Future, asshole. <laughs> and then didn't Marty kiss his mom or something? Uh, that got so yeah, that got really convoluted. No, Magusta. Okay, so he when he heard when he first heard if you don't like my soul, I'll su- or if you don't like my soul, I'll suck your motion or something like that over the airwaves of a Chicago independent radio station. Bell left awestruck. That kind of is the thing that changed his life, and it was a funkadelic song. And immediately he tracked down Westbound Records to Detroit, where he sent out one of his infamous psychedelic custom-made art envelopes to get the band's attention. Well, I'll try to find an envelope to post. That's really cool. I mean, I love that he was attracted to the music first. And yep. that's what he was like. This is music that tells my story with my comics. Like but he's, it, he, it was parallel to his narrative he already had going on. Yeah. Barney Bubbles where they're both like just on the same path. It's really cool. And 
I love that also a lot of his inspiration does come from Sun Ra. You know, if you want to talk by, about the godfather of this movement, mm-hmm. you know, he's definitely. Yeah, because when was Sun Ra doing the space? In 58. Stuff? Yeah, that was. I mean, this is, he was in outer space for a long time. Them folks been a walking. Yeah, and I also I feel like disco and Tyson too. You know, you know, disco has such a bad rap with the metalheads, but really, I've always loved disco and I love soul and funk because I think they're so closely related, and plus all the imagery too. I mean, oh yeah. Today we're interviewing a stomach. Hello there. What is life like as a stomach? Oh, boy, it was humdrum. I mean, until what's-his-name discovered Tony's Pizza. Tony's Pizza? Yeah, I was suffering from the pizza cravings until Tony's came along. Crispy crusts and zesty sauces. (laughs) Wow. And so now... What's that? Another pizza craving. Just thinking about Tony sets it off. Oh, where are you going? He's going to get a Tony's Pizza. And I follow him anyway. Does your stomach send you pizza craving signals? Oh, wow. Tony's, the pizza craver's pizza. Available at the concession stand. Should we talk about the um, scandal? What? Oh, yes, there was a... I know there is some controversy, controversy. Asso- That's the word associated with um, one of the album covers... The electric spanking of war babies. So the the phallus that we mentioned before is the subject of this. So he did he get sued? Did he sue someone? What? So what happened was Electra, I think it was Electra, they you know, they came out with this album and apparently, you know, this is also during the time when really racy you know, crazy albums were coming out like Rolling Stones, Black and Blue, you know, mm-hmm. was coming out. I mean, it's pretty much like a woman bonded that's Black and Blue beat up, you right. know. And so women's groups got really upset about that. But it was also this time of self-expression that we, you know, that was taken a little bit differently. You know, mm-hmm. okay, we're just going to be as overtly sexual and racy as possible to get out there. I think also... People were taking it in the full context of not only the imagery, but their lyrics. And yeah, and it's called Black and Blue. Yeah. And there's a woman. And then Virgin Killer, that was also a Scorpions. Like, they're infamous. They had to have that taken down because that was that was really a photo of a 12-year-old girl, a mm-hmm. blonde 12-year-old girl. But, you know, they're German. So everybody, you know, everybody was like, okay, Germans at that time a little more racy. You know, they're... <laughs> You know, their imagery was a little more racy, but she was naked and um, and then it looked like a glass glass was shattered right on her crotch. But she, cool. But she Great. was, I know, so that Great wasn't, idea. but those are the kind of things that, you know, people were doing to get noticed, yeah, I think. Yeah, you, you have to either walk a line or cross it yeah. to get noticed. It's and sometimes you cross comedy. it. It's that's why comedians are always getting in trouble because you won't get any attention if you don't walk the line or cross it. And you're just lucky. You got a few people in your crowd that are like, oh, my God, I can't believe he finally talked about AIDS, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Something that, you know, you just have to do. Everything has a comedic edge if it's done the right way, right? It should. 
So this thing, um, I'm reading here that on a side note, um, for those theorizing about the crystal skull connection, weren't you reading this earlier? In the Funkadelic logo and the elongated earth-shaped alien skulls scattered yes. throughout his work, Bell acknowledges the theory and the source but says the original idea for the logo skull actually arose from a NASA image of a bird's eye view of a skull with the NASA logo superimposed. I kind of don't understand that. Um, it appeared in Playboy magazine and was sent out to him from Westbound Records as art direction, inspiration. The idea went from there. Interesting. That's so cool. So that's about the logo. It's kind of NASA inspired. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, NASA was a big deal. We're going to outer space, you know, during this time was the whole moon landing botched by Stanley Kubrick. Who knows? There was you a know, lot of space lot of, happening. A lot of space yeah. journey. <laughs> okay, not a space journey. But uh, I mean, for those of you who believe that the Earth is that those photos of the Earth are real, obviously it's flat like a pizza. But anyway, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> duh. Um, so I have another funny thing um, here. Oh, um, let me finish really yes, quickly yes, yes, yes. about okay. the album. That had the controversy surrounding it. So they came out with that album. And just, it, you know what, for what the other things, you know, got called out for, for Black and Blue and, you know, Virgin Killer from Scorpions. Funkadelics is a comic. Okay, this is an illustration. It looks like a spaceship, but it also looks, you know, like a, like a big... Let's think of another. Let's think of a creative... A big phallus. It looks like a big phallus. And it has, it's just, but there's people a driving. A hot dog. A metal Like an phallus. Oscar Mayer car, but a spaceship. That's right. An Oscar Mayer car with two golf balls on the side. With Bezos balls. That's right. And so what they their response was, they said, okay, we have to pull them all, but they had already printed 250. Oh, and so Lord. what they did, or 250,000 or something. And so what they did after that was they put this big green, just like, it almost looked like construction paper over this image. And let's see exactly what they wrote. They wrote something like, um, don't sue us. Don't. (laughs) Or this album cover is, we covered this because this album cover is way too bad to be printed or Mm -hmm. something like that. And it's not even like, it's just a drawing. It's, I mean, it's, it's nothing. It's like not even it's as risque play. as the, the the most popular anime oh, now, not nowadays. At all. You know what I mean? Not at all. So it's a little silly, I think. It's kind of Buck Rogers-y. Yeah, exactly. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. Buck Rogers. That's another and good that's, show. So it has to be a symbol. It can't actually look like a penis. It has to be... What about the Space a... Needle? What about every building built? In... <laughs> what about your patriarchal... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. We, we can take this... We can, this will be getting out on a tangent. I mean, if, an, if a filmmaker is clever enough to disguise a phallus into a symbol of one, then the, the symbolism is there, it's highbrow, and nobody gets hurt. Mm-hmm. But if you make a penis... You want to say funk the system. Funk the system. <laughs> um, so he, okay, so his underground, he merged the underground comic style of the day, notably the work of Ed Big Daddy Roth. Yeah, you were talking about that. And the mm-hmm. cover art of Frank Zappa records. So he was inspired by Frank Zappa's 
cover art and Chicago Street Jive and the Process Church. So the Process Church is kind of weird because their mythology gives props to God and Satan. They were the creators of Original Bazaar. I was pushing the Process Church to abandonment. He laughs. Bell ran with the existing Parliament Funkadelic ideology, expanding on the lyrics and whisking the narrative off to another dimension with a massive dose of galactic edge. His credited... Wait, he's credited with consolidating and expanding the Parliament Funkadelic mythology and conceptual force. Um, He aligned the P-Funk revolution with his own blend of Afrofuturism, to which he attributes the profound influence of Sun Ra. Yep. The P-Funk universe was preceded by Sun Ra back in 58. I went and saw a Sun Ra concert. It was pretty deep for my creative bell recalls. So then, um, as the members of... He portrayed Funkadelic as the, the invasion force. Hmm. And this was um, an assortment of Technicolor superheroes, Afronauts. Oh, Afronauts. Afronauts. Mutants and cosmic warriors, just like Barney Bubble. Their mission was to fight the good fight, to rise and prevail in the ideological and musical funk wars. I love that it was like a whole story. Mm-hmm. I, I just love it. I'd rather see Funk Wars than Star Wars. <laughs> oh, I would love to see that. I would oh see God. it, I mean, totally animated. Ugh, can you imagine? And I love that they, you know, it had to do with God and Satan and all. I think, you know, mm-hmm. making Satan so popular and the whole satanic panic thing happening yep. during that time, you know, that process church was a satanic I thought satanic sure. panic didn't happen until the eighties. Am I wrong? Like well, before that, it that was in that was in the eighties. But they also mm-hmm. like there was no it it was like back in the sixties, like okay. with Anton Lavey in San yeah, Francisco, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know a lot of a lot. But the real panic that was happening, you know, it was it was over a period of time. But you know, Manson, Zodiac, Son of Sam, yeah. all those were. Those were kind of... Um, that was in the landscape. Well, and also, okay. they really admired the Process Church as well. Mm. That's God, really... I want to know everything about the Process Church. Yeah, so it was like the um, de Gristman hmm. was the leader. We'll put a link up. <laughs> yes, but there was like... It was definitely like proto-hippie, super-sexual... Uh, satanic. It's what people think of when they think of cults. And yes, basically. exactly. Yeah. Like we are going to sacrifice a virgin tonight, Rosemary's baby. You know, it very... sounds like Beastmaster. But it's good. <laughs> I feel like anything that talks about Satan is like making people think about how they talk oh, about come God. Okay, Ca- Catholics talk about Satan more than anyone. I else. know. That's why if you worship God, guess who else <laughs> guess you worship? Who else you worship the devil. You worship me. You were Jehovah. I was Lucifer. My name is Lucifer. Shiny, shiny, shiny piece of leather. (laughs) So anyway, um, then he said uh, that that starting the funk wars thing had to do with uh, George Clinton's resentment of Motown. Which I didn't know about. I can see that because it's, mm-hmm. you know, a resentment of 
Like we're going to, we want you to sound like this. We want to produce records that sound like this. Very mainstream. And also, you know, total, not creative control. Yeah. You know, no creative control. None of the studio musicians got paid or credited. Like there were a lot of things wrong with Motown, right? Didn't that label that he did. um, So like George Clinton was on. Mm -hmm. Do all, I mean, that was their thing. Yeah, so the the reason he Funkadelic was supposed to restore order within the universe. It was supposed to bring joy and funk was supposed to bring joy whereas all the Motown stuff they thought was bringing even more oppression, but I don't know like what his take is now. Um so yeah, he he basically mm-hmm. was battling for for pe- not peace, but more for like fun. Like, mm-hmm. let's just have a good time. Mm-hmm. Where's the fun in it? Where's the funk and what's our experience? And, like, you know, it's showing, like, all of these other, you know, psychedelic experiences. Well, here's the African-American psychedelic exactly. experience. Yeah. And I think that that's really, I mean, that's really cool to feel like this is me. I mean, what's more, what more does an art, original artist have to say? Like, you're using your roots and your experience to come up with. Your art. And it's then, beautiful. It's, yeah, I love that. Everything he does, it speaks for itself. It's it's such beautiful expression. And I'm going to put lots of photos up. So go to um, designfreakspodcast.com and you can get to everything from there. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram, which you can find there as well, um, at designfreakspodcast and et cetera, et cetera. Please, please subscribe. Uh, that way, whenever I have my family... Uh, what is it called? That way, whenever I get around to doing my... Your family circus? Your family, family new- newsletter. 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 Then <laughs> you don't... It's just like an e- a passive-aggressive email from your aunt. Mm-hmm. We're going to have HR go over it's it. Just, it just shows up in your inbox. You don't have to think about it. So if you subscribe, it'll just be there. And it's not going to bombard you or take up space on your phone because I don't have time to do this every week. So... It's just going to be a little treat that'll go boop every now and then. It's like a surprise. It's a little surprise. You never know. It's like a hummingbird in your yard. (laughs) Whoa. Okay. That's exactly what it is. That is a good feeling, but that reminded me of during Snowmageddon here. um, They're all dying. Finally. All the hummingbirds are dying. a hummingbird. And Eric was like, look, look at it. It's alive, mom. But it's going around the completely covered in snow. The hummingbird feeder completely encased that, that's and frozen solid. The story of the last hummingbird. Oh, no. The story. The one, like, only one who survived. Oh, my God. And Save I, him. We, I was like, let's nectar. warm it up. Let's put hand warmers in it. Like, what do I do? I, I wanted, I felt that too. I actually was like, I got to figure this out because, you know, my backyard has become a hummingbird sanctuary. Aww. And I, they were all dead. Why, why would somebody put that? Dead. On, I mean, I think it was just a craze this snow day. I've never heard anything about this on any other snow day, but all of a sudden I started reading all these oh, things yeah. like, the hummingbirds are going to die. Well, we, we cleared the snow off. The, I, they could have gotten to the feeder, but... Did you make them a little hat and mittens? I wanted to. Oh. Imagine finding a dead hummingbird. Where do they go when they die? You like have to I've save never... it forever and then put a pin in it or, and then keep it in one of those glass boxes. That's right. At a special store. At a steampunk store. Ugh. Yes. All right. Let's go back to outer space.
All right. Ready? Let's warp. Ready? I'm ready. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>